Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. All right, thank you for your patience. We are beginning across all Missio congregations to go into a series on Ephesians. Ephesians is Paul's letter to Ephesus, kind of, you know, middle of the epistles. After Corinthians, I use the acronym God Eats Popcorn to know that it's uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. I mean, God must love popcorn. It's amazing. So so Ephesians is right there in the middle. The epistles are set up by length. That is it. There is no other kind of special grouping that they have. Um, And the length of letters are, to me, commiserate with the discipline needed in the church, right? So if you wrote a long letter, it's because you needed a lot of instruction. Corinthians got one and two. Like, y'all really was messed up, man. <laughs> church in Corinth, he's like, all right, look, man, on marriage, on this, on the, you know, he's just going on and on. That long email that leaves a lot of correction. Ephesians, that people like to say was the perfect church, they only had six chapters. And most of it is encouragement. It's not a lot of correction. It's not a lot of, um, it's not a lot of things that you'd be like, man, we missed the mark. So it is one that is important for us as believers to be in, to kind of sink our teeth in. Not only does it talk about our identity in Christ, but it talks about how we walk faithfully with him, how we stand in our faith that we have and begin to assault the kingdom of darkness. It's one that is very aware of the powers that be that exist all outside of the church. And when I say powers that be, people get it mistaken and think I'm talking about people. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about all of the spirits that attempt to take people's lives out and to destroy people. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. It's pretty easy. So if you see destruction happen, you see killing happen, you you know what I'm saying? It's probably the enemy kind of doing something to pull people apart. But in Ephesians, he's really encouraging a church that is in Ephesus much like a city like ours. It's on a port. It was full of activity in the Greek world. People were coming in and people were coming out. There was a lot of mixes of cultures. There was a lot of worship going on, in particular, of Artemis. Artemis is the Greek counterpart of the Roman god Diana, who was a goddess of hunting. So she had her arrow and of the spring. So it was all about rebirth and spring and all that stuff. And one of the seven wonders of the ancient world was this temple of Artemis that was there. And sometimes we think about the ancient world, we're like, how does this exist like us? Yes, we do have idols. We do have temples to these idols that exist in the world. I'm not saying a bad thing, but you know what I'm saying? A movie theater. It's like a temple to media, right? It's a temple that we go and we watch movies and we, you know, we experience all this creativity. It's wonderful. I love movies. I'm not saying there's nothing bad about that. But our temples just look a little different in this day. But we are very much... And so are similar the same place. And so Paul was encouraging them in the midst of all of these possible pitfalls of concentration. Jesus said, beware 
of the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees, not just the leaven of politics, but also the leaven of religion. So we're going to be going through a six-week, not six-week, seven-week series that's going to go from Ephesians 1, chapter 1, to Ephesians chapter 3. Then during Lent, which also is going to correspond with the fast across all Missio Dei congregations, we're going to take a pause on Ephesians and go through hunger and righteousness, which is more of the traditional walk towards the resurrection of Easter. After Easter, we pick up Ephesians 4 through 6, and that culminates nicely with Pentecost. So that's how we're going to be starting the first part of the year. Um, And so I'm really excited about Ephesians. Um, It it has just all the tasty parts of Christianity in it. So I just have a, a couple of the themes here, which is sitting, walking, and standing in your faith. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Unity in uh, chapter 4, and then also our inheritance in Christ. So we're going to start today, and it's going to be Ephesians 1 and 1 in chapter 2. And this is our emphasis on Ephesus. Can you say that 10 times fast? (laughs) Emphasis on Ephesus. (laughs) Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you. And peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is um, Ephesus existing in a time that was a big soup of a lot of different beliefs and a lot of different misunderstandings. Um, but I understand from this verse, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. That if he was writing to you, he would have said the saints in Chicago. And that's important to remember that we are saints right now. You are saints because of where you are, where you exist, not necessarily because of what you do. That we have been redeemed by Christ Jesus. That nothing can be added or subtracted from the love that God has poured out on us. Most of the time, it's not about um, something that we, as I talked about, our laundry list that we give ourselves in the beginning of the year. In the Western world, we believe it's all about something else we need to do. We need to do this. I need to add this. I need to lose 10 pounds. I need to not eat gummies. I need to, you know what I'm saying? All these things that happen. Not realizing that Jesus has done so much for us. And it's about us embracing the beauty of what he has sacrificed for us already. The saints who are in Chicago and faithful to Christ Jesus. That we are here in the city and faithful to Christ Jesus. And my hope is that by the end of this message, you'll be ready to run through a brick wall. No, not, maybe not necessarily. But you'll be ready to maybe begin to think about possibly in the future sometime, a couple of months, that you sharing your faith. And being bold about who God has made you to be, it is in that boldness that we find life and we find beauty and we find some of the things that the enemy has stolen through our social distancing that has happened and still happens. Man, I don't want to reach out to people. I don't want to, uh, it's exhausting to make new friends. I don't really, I don't really know if I, I really want to do that anymore. It's just, it's too much. This is where we find life with each other in unity. Why do you think the enemy attacks it so much? 
because this is where our life comes from. This is where we begin to shine, and this is where the darkness um, recedes. When we are together, we make this beautiful, bright light. That you are standing, it's no more of us going to a spot, finding the holy land, finding the holy ground. I love all those things, but apparently if I'm a saint, where I'm standing is holy ground. If the spirit is inside of me, then wherever I go and walk and step becomes holy ground because he is Emmanuel Christ with me. It's not about me trying to find some specific location. I'm not looking for a destination wedding. Hey, if you had those, those are cool too. I had one. They're amazing. (laughs) We're not about going to a specific location. Jesus has done that and made us portably carriers and keepers of his precious Holy Spirit. The same effing spirit. Can you say that in church? I guess you can because I said it. But The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. What the heck? This is amazing. (laughs) And it's not meant to make us egotistical and make us think that uh, this is not colonialism. You see how it can get conflated with colonialism and conflated with, I rule the world now? That's not the kingdom that Jesus was talking about. He was talking about us walking holy, A bruised reed we wouldn't break, and a smoldering wick we wouldn't snuff out. That doesn't sound like political or military might to me. It sounds like grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord in Jesus Christ. Do we believe that it's something that is still missing, that we still need to do to gain God's favor or his love? Or can we remember that we have everything we need? Say with me, say, I have everything I need. Now, we're going to say it again. Put your back into it a little bit, okay? Say, I have everything I need. Because you have something, as long as you don't call your something nothing, then your something can become something that he can work with. But if you call your something nothing, then it can... It can't become anything. I don't have anything. I don't have, I have nothing, God. I don't have any education. I don't have any connections. I can't do you like, okay, cool. I can't do nothing. You got nothing. I guarantee you, nobody in here has nothing. You have something. Is it a crumb? Is it a lunchable? Is it something that can be multiplied? That's all you want you to look at it. it it's something. That we have everything we need. And I love even that a verse like this, which is very short, has so much in it. The saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. How many people you know know that you are a follower of Christ? Faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. That being known is a confrontation that many miss out on. Being known of the, the simple theology of this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, 
I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. There is a theological and spiritual truth in that little simple song. This light that I have, God, I'm gonna let it shine. What does that mean for us to let our light shine? It means that we are known as the faithful in Christ Jesus in Chicago and the faithful of in Christ Jesus. But how do I do that? I hear you saying it, the song, you know, the song is awesome, whatever, but how do I let my light shine? You ever, you know what I'm saying, go through an app and it says, um, or you go to a website and it says, would you like to share your location? Right? And you're like, I don't know, is it the government that's trying to track me? Should I hit yes? I don't know. Um... And most of the time, maybe you hit it, and then it starts to give you all these <laughs> ads for wherever you live. <laughs> hey, we know you like this kind of coffee with this kind of creamer. You should buy it. You're like, I, my phone is listening to me. This is crazy. <laughs> when we share our lo- boldness, shares our location. Boldness makes our light shine. And then God can find us. Yes, we are seated in Christ. We are those who are faithful to him in Chicago. But our boldness and our faith in Christ Jesus creates this light that he can shine. And what happens when you put a bunch of lights together, as we'll see with all these people's Christmas decorations? (laughs) You create like a torch or something. (laughs) You're like, damn, I wonder what their light bill is. (laughs) They're going in on those. These little lights of us, this little simple act, I'm just going to church, we're just meeting together, begins to create this torch that lights up the darkness and pushes back the works and the plans of the enemy and begins to destroy his work. We just came out of Advent, verse in Advent, and Isaiah is, of his government and of peace there will be no end. So the light is always growing and the darkness is receding. Although it doesn't seem like that when you watch the news, what it says scripturally is that of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. His government doesn't have any policy, any laws. They don't need 15 votes to create a speaker. You know what I'm saying? His government has been running. I was about to say with hot oil. His government has been running like a weld oil machine for a long time time and it will even into the end of eternity for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him the faithful in Christ Jesus those who are loyal to him our boldness makes our light shine and we're easy to find It were easy for him to send his presence to us and his goodness and all the things that just makes us like this torch in the darkness. And it's very simple of us just being followers of Christ. It could be very difficult, though, um, for that light to shine because this city can be intimidating. 
You know what I'm saying? You go downtown, you're like, little old me, how am I supposed to change this city? How am I supposed to, how can I change any of this stuff? It's like so much intimidation, and I'm small, and it's big, and... But there's something about us gathering together and knowing God's heart is for us to illuminate this darkness that exists here. That is messed up sometimes that we as humans are only motivated by pain. What? Jesus took all this pain on the cross for us and we are still only motivated to change by pain, by bad things that happen. If we are then, to think about a life that is encouraged into change by inspiration or by love or by God speaking a promise to our hearts. Imagine how different a life lived like that feels and sounds. And back in Ephesus, our emphasis on Ephesus, it was a lot of crazy things going on. So Paul visits there and he does what he does as usual. He visits the synagogue and he preaches there, but they're obstinate people. They want to, don't want to listen to what he's saying. So he decides to go to a, a school of Tyrannus. And the school of Tyrannus are Jews and Gentiles. They're all kind of mixed in together. He has more success and the gospel begins to grow. The gospel begins to grow. And of course, people come in who are demonized, who are really struggling with darkness. They begin to cast demons out of people. And it's just wonderful. There are people who are trying to act like that they're just like Paul. So they're using the name of Jesus, but they don't really love of Jesus, and they're not effective because the people with evil spirits just grab them and beat them up. <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm a Christian. Jesus is like, I don't really know who you are. And because that happens, more people believe that Jesus, his name is powerful for those who are faithful and believe in him. The way Acts is set up if you read through Acts, which is about 26 chapters, it is, or 28 chapters, you read through it every, because Paul, the, the writer of Acts was Luke. Luke wrote Luke and Acts together, and they were circulated sort of as a, a booklet together. And he was a physician, so he was very precise. The gospel, the gospel of Luke was one of the most precise gospels. He's like, Jesus was born at 859, and he was, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's very exacting. So in, in Acts, every chapter is roughly two years. So Paul spent two years in Ephesus, Acts 19. You get a nice little snapshot of everything that happened there. And that whole story about him confronting the darkness and being nearly killed because they were going against the worship of Diana. And so this moment kind of culminates in Acts 19 um, about how powerful Jesus was. This became known to both all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell all of them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. 
and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Now, what's really important about this is that uh, Christians didn't go kicking in people's doors and taking their, their magic books. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody bring your books in. We're going, No. They shined the light on Jesus, and by the power of his spirit, people did it themselves. Those who are in darkness don't need me to legislate or to make up things to control you more. All I have to do is show you who Jesus is, and you go, what the ever I've been living with? You know what I'm saying? It's like somebody is giving you an old nasty McDonald's burger. And you're like, I'm not going to snatch the burger from you. I'm just going to eat a Portillo's burger in front of you. Like, what's up, baby? I got chili on this mug, too. What you want? That's it. That's all you got to do. You, you don't really have to be forceful in it. We, we are thinking with the minds of another kingdom. All we can think of with our minds that we think of this earth is war, military might, power, taking things from Jesus. If Jesus was talking about that kind of kingdom, his resurrection would have ended with the war. But it didn't. It ended with him having a meal, peacefully descending into heaven, and leaving us with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, people get it twisted of what we're actually here to do. The Holy Spirit does not need our help with conviction except our own. That are we convinced of this power that God has put inside of us to love people beyond even our own ability? We don't need to tell people about their sin. We need to show them the one in whom there is no sin and no guile. The light, the father of lights, in whom there is no shadow of turning He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is why Jesus came to earth. This is why the church exists, to destroy the works. I know we get it like very complicated. It's philosophical. We argue about things. We wrestle. it's, It's to prophesy encouragement into people's lives. It's to pray for people to be physically healed the way Jesus did. It's to do the things that Jesus did. I'm sorry. It's like very simple. We complicate it because we're trying to step around things and trying to like not, you know, rustle any feathers or anything like that. But I promise you, when you love people, showing them the light of Christ will be an open arm welcome gift every time. It will not be offense. It will not be um, us destroying other people's belief systems because we're just this monolithic thing. Me and the guys were talking last night about why the gospel and why the truth of um, the Bible has lasted so long. And I think we think of it in the wrong way. We think of the Bible or the truth of who Jesus is is this monolithic castle, right? It's like this castle in France or Germany or something that's been there thousands of years and it's just standing there and it's unmoving and you can't argue with it because it's just been there. I think it's more like a blade of grass, right? 
flexible because you can justify slavery with it. You can justify a lot of belief systems with it. But one thing of its character is that it just always grows. You cut it, grows back. You cut it, it grows. You cut it. And kings and princes and philosophers have been trying to cut down the truth and the word of who Jesus is for centuries, and it just grows back, destroying the works of the devil. Jesus instituted a kingdom that we don't understand. Its reign and rule is not held in perpetuity by war. It's held in perpetuity by love. You guys want to stand up? So as we're continuing to go through this series, we'll find the beauty of Jesus Christ. His gospel is still radical to this day. It still makes no sense to us. Still doesn't. What you would do with power, what you would do with... um, an invitation that he has given us. Father, I just thank you today that you cannot over-exaggerate your love. I can talk about love. Of course, I'm a romantic, so I love love anyway. But I can talk about your love forever because it's, oh, how he loves us so that you have laid everything on down for us, God. Laid your life down for us. And I thank you for that, Father, that you are always pursuing us. Help us to pursue you with the same determination to be who you've called us to be. I thank you for opportunities to pray for others. I thank you for opportunities to stand with others, that this will be a year that is marked differently like every other year that has come before, that those that have been in the closet with their faith, God, will come out boldly and shine. Because your eyes roam to and fro the earth looking for those whose hearts are turned towards you and our hearts are turned towards you saying, God, come, visit us, be with us, walk with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.